0: What is God like? like te- describe, describe to me. This is hypothetical, but you can think about it. Describe to me what God is like. Just, just give me like a paragraph summary. What, what kinds of things is God into? What, what personality does God have? Just quick. I A hypothetical. How important is that question? to what we believe about life. And we're here at church, which is the endeavor to pursue, to to follow in the footsteps of God. It's been said that our picture of God, what we think God is like, that has a cascading effect on everything that we think and everything that we do. So, if we have a chance to see more clearly the personality of God, or the nature of God, I think we should jump on it. And there's a very cool way to look at God through looking at what God does. And maybe a clearer way of understanding who God is based on what God does. There's a game that's called, In the Manner of the Word. I, don't, I thought this was a game that a lot of people played when they were younger, but I had trouble finding as much stuff online about it as I thought, so it might be a little more of a niche thing. Luckily, I found this sick word art graphic that somebody made. You remember that? Microsoft Word Art. In the manner of the word, and behind it, there's a bunch of adverbs. Lazily, lovingly, quietly, mysteriously. These are all ways of describing how you could do something. And the way that you play the game is, one person knows what that word is, or they pick the word we're going to play with, and then the rest of the people don't know it, and they want to find it out, and the person who knows the word can't say, well, it's, it's quietly. Instead, all the people can do is say, in the manner of the word, go and kick that electrical equipment, and so then you would say, okay, if you're doing quietly, you should have been able to guess that, And maybe they don't get it because it could have been cautiously, right? It could have been any number of things that are in the quietly family, so they have to ask you again, okay? In the manner of the Word, go and uh, pick up your sermon notes, and you do it. And by watching somebody perform different activities, all centered around this adverb that we have. You're able to pick out what that adverb is because you see what all these actions have in common with each other. You see the soul of these actions. And I would argue you can actually get a much better picture. Let's say you had never heard of quietly before. Rather than it being written on a word, on on a piece of paper as a word, and I'm trying to describe to you what quietly is, when you look at what it what somebody what their whole self, their whole body does when they're trying to quietly go and kick that box off the stage. I don't think it's doing anything right now. Should I really kick it? No, I won't. Or if they're going to quietly pick up their sermon notes. You understand through watching the nature of what quietly is. And you can't, that's the only way you can really see it clearly because you can't draw Quietly. You can't isolate it. It's something that emerges from actions. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Does anybody have a good association with that passage? Like I do. I, I remember it from around Christmas time. there'd be like these Christmas pageants I'd go see, and they read that at the beginning, and I didn't understand what it meant, but I knew it was something cool, because it was associated with this amazing pageant. Well, now that I'm an adult, I still don't know what that means. What is that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, could you define some terms, please? what are we talking about? The Word is God. This is from Swedenborg's Doctrine of the Lord, number one. So, if you don't understand that, you're not alone. He says, oh, well, you could put this up there on that slide. There is little understanding in the church of what it means to call the Lord the Word. You've probably, it's not the only place in the Bible where God is called the Word and everyone, yeah, I get what that means, but what does it actually mean? Can you explain it to me? He is called the Word because the Word means divine truth or divine wisdom. I think we're using those interchangeably here. And the Lord is divine truth itself or divine wisdom itself. Do you get it? Not really. I know we've made progress though because we can say there's the Lord which is we're using that interchangeably with God. You can put God there in this in this passage Swedenborg uses the Lord. So God is the word. We know that. And the word is divine wisdom. Okay. We've moved from something amorphous and intangible to something pretty amorphous and intangible. We're making our progress into understanding this nature of God. Let's see if we can focus in on wisdom, because I sort of think I know what you're talking about when you say wisdom, but people could mean different things by that. Could you clarify that just a little bit, since it is the nature of the Creator? This is from Married Love 130. People are capable of knowledge, intelligence, and wisdom. Yes, you are. Knowledge has to do with concepts, intelligence with reason, and wisdom with life. So this is something that we progress in. At first, as you're growing, as a mental being, you come to a space where you can just know things. I have a daughter who just turned six, and she knows, actually better than I do, where we keep the magnet tiles and which of these memory cards we've already flipped. She can know these things. And as we grow to know a lot of stuff, we develop this ability to string them together into an assessment. We can reason about things. For example, Dad, last time you let me do that, so I'm allowed to do that again. But wisdom has to do with life. Wisdom, once you've got all your concepts, and, you know, by the time we're hitting adulthood, we've got a huge stash of things we know. And once we're able to deftly use our intellect to put those together to justify things and to explore things and to illuminate things for ourselves and other people, wisdom is when you're choosing what kind of life you're going to fashion out of those things. So to be wise is to say, even though I understand all of these things, I want to do this rather than that and I'm going to go do this rather than that. This wisdom is, I know I should exercise every so often. That's knowledge. Wisdom is, well, I'm out and I'm, I'm doing it. I've got, I've hit my timer. So from that, we can add a final piece to our equation. We've got the Lord, who is the Word, who is divine wisdom, and wisdom being a way to live. So, God is some kind of divine how to live. Ergo, as they say, God is a way of life. We are going to be able to gain insight into who and what God is, by examining the way of life that God exudes and chooses. And we're going to do that in the next section. So we'll give you a second to process what we've learned as we're getting ready for our song. Be thinking about if, if you can call God divine wisdom, and wisdom has to do with life, what kind of life, what kind of life is God? because I can think of a bunch of kinds of ways of being that I wouldn't consider very God-like. So what kind of life
1: is God? Hey everybody, good morning. Got a band here today, as you can see. We've got Eric Cooper and Josh Steingard joining us today. We're gonna do a song by Alan Stone. I ain't... Thanks so much.
2: Hey, New Church Live, it's Angela. I just wanted to hop on and record this message to invite you all to consider making a donation to New Church Live. We rely on the support and generosity of this congregation to fuel everything we do here, and we want to make it as easy as possible to make a donation. So there's a handful of ways to do that. There's a QR code that is popping on the screen right now that you can use and will take you to our donation page. Or you can text the word "New Church Live" all one word, all lowercase to 77977. Or you can go to our website, www.newchurchlive.tv, and there's a donation tab there. And all of those various places will allow you to make a one-time donation, or if you want to um, set up a reoccurring donation, that's what I've done, and it really has made things super easy. Um, And I know that I'm consistently supporting New Church Live on a regular basis, and I don't even have to think about it. Uh, So for me, that's a win. So I'd encourage you all to consider making a donation or setting up a reoccurring donation. Um, And our website is also a great place to go to get any information about events, community service opportunities, scheduling a meeting with Pastor Chuck, Um, And so we just encourage you to use that um, and we encourage you to make a donation no matter when you're watching this service. If you're watching it currently live or you're watching it a week from now or a month from now, um, the best way to donate to New Church Live is to go online and make a donation. So we hope that you will use those resources. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And we just are so appreciative of all your generosity and support for this amazing congregation. So thank you everyone and have a great day.
0: In case you want an example, if before when I was describing the difference between, I'm not ready to sit down yet, the difference between intelligence and wisdom, and the, and a little plug for how we are all seeking wisdom as a way of life. So, the chorus of that song, they're saying, love where you're at. That is a matter of wisdom, because you can have all of your facts. You can say, wow, I've got my life here, and these are the aspects of it. And then I can tell that those people over there have that, and they are not struggling with the issues that I'm struggling with, What's wrong with me? I can rationalize all these reasons why I should be discontented with the current trajectory of my life because I can play out scenarios in which it leads to all kinds of ruin or I can make the decision to love where I'm at. Because there's another set of mental principles that I have which says that God is taking care of things, that in the end, it will work out that what's important to me is that I act lovingly towards people around me and try to work to be content in the stream of, uh, of providence and of life. And because of that, I'm, I've got this whole spectrum here. I'm gonna choose to love where I'm at. Okay? That's an example. We're wondering what kind of life... God is. If God is a way of life, what kind of life is God? And we kicked off this whole thing in the book of John with that beautiful yet cryptic passage about God is the Word, and the Word is God, and the Word was God. If we go forward just a couple of verses, we get this amazing tip, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I understand that. Spoiler alert, that's talking about Jesus. Oh, the word. I was struggling with what is this, the word. The word. So, Jesus is this thing incarnated. This, we can look at Jesus for direct information on what is the word. And what this means by definition, then, is that Jesus, sure, there's a There's a graphic somebody had. It was was his hair that long. I don't know, and it actually matters even less because the important thing is that Jesus embodied a way of life. Jesus was divine wisdom. This divine way of life made flesh. So, what was he like? If we've got this key to see the, this new insight into this concept that is the one that cascades down, as we've covered before, and affects how we see ourselves and all of our relationships and the way that the world is made and the way that it functions, and there's this information that can change it there in how Jesus is. Yeah, sign me up. I want to know what was Jesus like. And I don't think it's a novel thing, to go and pursue learning about the character of Jesus. I'd say it's fair to say that the character of Jesus has shaped a huge part of the way the world is, but I think with this lens on, we can go and sharpen our picture. Look, how does Jesus live, and what can that tell us? And I just want to do, I want to zoom in on three places here, where this divine way of life made flesh acts in a certain way. And see, what can that tell us about what that way is? So, in the first one is in John, and it's about shepherding. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Everybody has some awareness that the Lord is compared to a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, maybe the most famous line of Scripture. And that means we're being led by sheep. But why? Why is He naming the sheep? Why is He calling the sheep by name? What does that say about how God acts? This is from Divine Providence. Calling sheep by name is teaching and leading every individual and doing so in keeping with that individual's state of love and wisdom. So, we know what wisdom is. It's your way of life, because no matter what, you've got some kind of wisdom, meaning you've chosen some way to live your life based on the knowledge that you have in front of you. And every single person in this room and every single person On the internet has a different kind of way that they live their life. And this state, so that's the state of wisdom, and the state of love is the motivations that lead you to live in that way. The love is what you care about in life that's powering that. So all of us care about things differently and think about things and choose things to do differently than anybody else. And so what does Jesus do? You know he can think up the best program of how you should be thinking and how you should be living, and he could, by all rights, put it right there and say, do this, be this, and if you're not, well, obviously, I'm the master painter here. If you don't appreciate my art, it's because you don't know art. He's saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to call you by your name. I'm going to call you by your name. I, I, I want to know w- what is going on inside of you and I am going to work with you where you are. The, the, the power that runs everything is saying, wait, 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 let's see what works for you. and let, let me break this down in a way that you can understand And Oh, you're trying, you've got this way of life here, it's, it's maybe not how I would do it, but I'll work with you here. I, I, what if we took this and just moved it an inch to the left? And you know how you have this? Well, You can actually also think about it like this. I'm working with you. Yeah, he wants to lead us somewhere. But he's going to do it in tune with your love and your wisdom. So so how? the only way that can be accomplished is if he's taking the time to know each person and caring enough to do that for each person. So this is part of the way of life that Jesus embodies. Is wh- Whoever you are, I want to know how you think, what do you feel, and how can I work with you where you are? Because that's where we're going to get results. Another story. This is in Luke. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This actually relates to last time I was here. We talked about the two great commandments. We're not getting into that here because I just want to focus on how Jesus responds to this lawyer trying to nail him. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? He's Jesus. He knows. He knows what you've got to do to inherit eternal life. Doesn't he say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? But when asked, what does he want to do? He wants to encourage intellectual freedom. He says, what's there? What what do you see as there? And the real kicker is the second line. What's your reading of it? (laughs) This is a pretty knowledgeable guy in Jesus, but he's saying, I want to hear what, what you think about it. In Divine Providence 219, the Lord wants us not only to think and talk about divine matters, but also to try to figure them out so that we ourselves come to see whether they are true or not. Part of the way that God operates is He wants you to chew it over. Does that make sense to you, and do you really get it? And isn't that exactly how life is structured? How forceful is God about getting you to believe things? Isn't it true that the world is so wide open that you are absolutely at liberty to even think that there's a God that exists or not? Sure, we can create these spaces where right now I'm telling you this stuff that in a certain way you could say, I'm saying, believe this about God, but do you have to believe any of it? Assuming I even know what I'm talking about. You can walk out the door, you can be thinking about something else, you can be looking at your phone. Later, there's freedom everywhere and everything. And that's the whole way life is structured. That instead of it being, hey, you're here and I'm going to tell you this is what it is, here's the sandbox. And I'm going to equip you with the, the tools to be able to weigh this for yourself. But ultimately, what I'm looking for is, yeah, there's something that is good, But the only way you're really going to see is if you're able to weigh that for yourself and wrestle with it and grapple with it and come to understand why it's good and why it works. That's part of this divine way. And the third one is talking about peace. This is from John 14, again, one of the greatest hits. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that, hey, don't be afraid, is the greatest thing that exists. If you've ever been afraid, if you've ever been in some kind of hole, to hear that and to hear that from God, man, there's no better waking up out of it than that. But that's not even why I wanted to pick this. It's just previous to that, not as the world gives do I give to you. There is an element of giving in the divine nature. Or you could say the divine nature is to give. In Secrets of Heaven, it says This is a great treatise on love. What makes love heavenly is not the desire to have anything for ourselves, and I would say you could say for ourselves exclusively, but to share with everybody. So it is the desire to give everything that is ours to others. This is the essence of heavenly love. Listen how this applies to God. Because the Lord is love itself, or the essence and living power of the love that everyone in heaven has, he wants to give everything that is his to the human race. Oh, we're not just being called, like, you guys play nice and share half of your stuff. God is wanting to give everything that is His to the human race. This is why you are created in the image and likeness of God, because God is saying, hey, I want you to be able to try this out. This is why we are being asked to think about things for yourself and come to a conviction in freedom and learn to love it on your own, because that's the way that God sees these things. He, he, fairness, justice, empathy. He doesn't love those things because someone told him to. It's the joy in knowing. This is really good and I want to help you experience this, that is divine joy. The kind of to be loved to and the joy of loving, these are divine gifts, and so God is interested in giving us that. The whole plan, the whole plan, God had all the resources and is saying, I'm going to make a, a galaxy of sentient beings, right, meaning a bunch of them. The plan wasn't, I'm going to get all these people that will recognize that I'm up at the top. And it's fine, I'll be benevolent, but here I am. God's intention in creating existence is to, this is a way that I am going to be able to, everything that I have, because I have this unlimited divine reservoir of great things, I want everything that I have to be yours as well. That is the way of life that God is. So, we've seen three examples. Of course, there's more, but let's let those sit and see if they cluster and network and in our minds start to emerge a little clearer of a picture of what kind of way of life is God. So, we'll let that settle as we sing a little bit more.
1: Yeah. i Tree-
0: There's two ways you can look at the tie-in with that song. You guys, Joan Osborne, who I believe is credited with writing that song, is saying, what if God was one of us? And you could look at that and say, well, what we're learning is that, that that happened. The Word was made flesh. So Jesus was one of us. But the other way we can look at it is what if we were one of God. And what I mean is, now that we're starting to see how God lives, what if we tried to live like that? In life, the thesis today is that we are playing a giant game of evil in the manner of the Word. You think I wasn't going to tie that back in? We are playing a giant game of in the manner of the Word. If the Word is divine wisdom, this is the way to live. If the Word was Jesus, Jesus was made flesh, so we can understand this way to live. We can be in our lives, maybe there's not one single group of people we're playing with, but we can be acting out the Word. I'm trying to get it so that if somebody was watching you, they could guess what the word, the word is. Oh, it's the Word. You're trying to act like God. You're trying to act like love acts. There was those bracelets. How many years ago was that? 500 years ago? 30 years ago? What would Jesus do? I'm sure people still wear them, but this was a trend at one time. There are people with a bracelet on would say WWJD, and I remember way back at the beginning it was tricky because if somebody said, what does that stand for? You would give it to them because it stands for what would Jesus do, and Jesus would give you something. It's the doing. Even then, those bracelets know what's the real, what's the greatest value in the Jesus thing is it gives us a model to watch how does God do things? So, God is a way of life, and I would say that we can get the clearest picture of what God is by studying these ways of life and then trying to act them out. Because it's not a simple thing. These three points that we covered here today, that's not the totality of God, but that's just us looking at this, what The way is, what the Word is. This is how the Word would approach those three situations that we saw. What if somebody asked the Word, how do I inherit eternal life? The Word would respond in that way. How would the Word respond given that each of us know different things and believe different things and love different things? How does the Word feel about what is His in relation to giving it to us. In each of those things, we can start to glimpse the nature of the Word itself, which really isn't observable any other way, the nature of God Himself. Just like if you had never heard of suspiciously or let's do shyly because i was i tried playing this game with my daughter so that i would get primed for this talk and the the face she makes when she's trying to be shy she's sex remember it's just so it's like so if you had never heard of shyly and you had to be educated through playing this game as to what it was you would have to through through Repetition and through seeing, this is how a shy person does this, this is how a shy person does that," you start to understand the essence of it, and understand it finally, more clearly than you could in any other way. So when I'm going through my life, and I'm at the intersection and somebody is not going as fast as I want them to ahead of me, how would I approach this situation in the manner of the word? When I've got to go work on a project with my coworker and we haven't always seen eye to eye, how would I approach this situation? Okay, we're playing in the manner of the word. I'm going to do this project in the manner of the word. I'm going to parent in the manner of the word. I am going to be a citizen of the world in the manner of the word. And it's a lifelong process to try to get to understand what that word is, and we're learning and we're adjusting, we're adapting our performance, but it should be, the hope should be that as we continue to progress there, people could, in a hypothetical game group with us, look at what we do. Look at what we do day to day, and okay, what is the word? Oh, it's the word. You are trying to live the way of life that God is, and as we see that recognizable in each of us, so you see this person over here who's living like the Word, this person over here who's living like the Word, this person over here who's living like the Word, and you start to see what they all have in common, then we get this emergent sense of who God really is and the potential of the joy that can exist in a life lived in the manner of the word. So let's take a moment to let that settle in. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer, which is really this asking to show us the manner of the word. We'll do a little bit of a silent reflection on that, and then we'll end with our last song. So In whatever way you'd like you can say along or think along i'll just say the lord's prayer our father who art in the heavens hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as in heaven so upon the earth give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Great. Yeah, if you can keep that music going, let's just give everyone a second, because I don't know the state of your love or the state of your wisdom, so there's going to be some way that you can reflect on this, reach out to God, say something in your own mind, and we're just going to give a moment for that space to occur before we lead in the last song, so just give yourself about 60 seconds here to listen to what the Word is saying. Thanks, everybody, for getting together and creating this space this morning where we could think about these things. And my hope is that as we go out into the week, we can see opportunities to to catch ourselves and say, how can I approach this situation in the manner of the Word? And how can I get a little closer to that becoming the manner that I do everything in? So, we're going to have a last song to lift our spirits as we go out, and um, best of luck as we all work to bring this way of life to life.
3: Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand, sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside every darkened door where blues will not haunt you anymore. Where graves are free and lovers all come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today, yeah.